Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Olay Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. And thank you again for listening. This is episode 159, a special midweek edition. And we're doing so because we got a special guest. But before we bring him in, uh, if you want to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, feel free to do so. Search the Olay Speaks podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, feel free to give us a nice five-star rating and a review. I believe somebody with the name Federico Chiesa gave us a nice five-star rating. So, hey, Freddie Church, thanks for that. We always appreciate it. I will bring in the laughing man in the background first, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, Danny. Did we get the good china for our for our guest today? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've you, you know me. I live a simple life, so I don't know if I have any good china. But uh, the special guest that Sam uh, mentions is a... A international reporter, freelance reporter, a man of many TV networks and Europa League, Conference League presentations and all that good stuff. Based in Milan usually, but he's down under for the Women's World Cup now. 
Adriano Del Monte, how's it going? Nice to finally uh, finally meet with you. Guys, great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's going well. It's been a very busy season, and I am. I'm back in my well, my city of birth in Melbourne in Australia, so back with some family at the moment, but obviously we have the Women's World Cup coming up, so it hasn't stopped. This season was crazy. I did over 70 matches across all the competitions I cover, and now I've got another 15 or so to come in the winter here in Australia for the next few weeks. So it's a very exciting time, but very, very busy indeed, but good to be with you both. Yeah, I, I can definitely say it. it's thrown me off a little bit seeing the the Twitter highlights the, that the Italian football accounts have been posting, and they're decked out in winter gear, where where I live here in the United States, it's about 100-something degrees, what feels like every day, yeah. so it's a little, a little bit of a mind twist, but uh, I first have a question for Sam, since we've we've got our, our guest introduced and all that. Better Italian-Australian accent, our guest, or Joe Montemoro? Mm. I would say Adrian here. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Joe's a very close friend of mine, so... No problem either way, whichever way you went. <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, you know, obviously we brought you on to talk a little Juventus, a little Italian women, mm. but uh, the first thing that that popped in my mind when going back to, well, when Sam said that we we're going to try and connect with you was you are kind of the first one to say that uh, the aforementioned Federico Chiesa, who may or may not have listed uh, us as a five-star ratings on Apple Podcast, he wasn't so happy with things. So uh, mm. I won't necessarily ask you for any inside information but if you want to drop it that's fine with us uh just kind of your your thoughts on juventus overall and just mm. kind of obviously a summer that is very much not normal from uh from what what it seems like you know us on the outside looking in mm. well not normal indeed but becoming more normal as years have gone on i think the the juve transfer policies, the UVA transfer summers in the last five or six seasons have been uh, baffling, I think, to say the least, putting it in a nice way. But I can start with Chiesa because there was a lot of talk, again, through my work, I do do a lot of different work. So I do do a lot of live matches, a lot of events, but there is a lot of work that I do commercially, which doesn't really get seen. And some of the work I do with a couple of agencies that handle a couple of the top players in Italy. So I very fortunate to get to work with a lot of the top players on a regular basis. And there was one particular agency who had mentioned to me back in February that there were these issues between players and coach. And one of those players was Kiers. And it wasn't just this player. And obviously, as months went on, the reports came out that, well, the, the entire attack were unhappy with the way that they were playing under the manager. It was never anything to do with the group, the club. It was more to do with the style of football, and it wasn't bringing out the best in these players. And as we know, careers are not that long. Not everyone has a Cristiano Ronaldo or Zlatan Ibrahimovic career in terms of its duration. And I think it's uh, well with the players are well within their right to question, well, is this the right place for me at this point in time? And that was certainly the issue with Federico Chiesa, a player who loves Juventus, a player who loves the club, who loves the squad but there were these ongoing issues which have still not been resolved. And again, normally by trade, well, by trade, I am a presenter, not a journalist. I knew this story back in February. I didn't want to break this story back then and cause issues for the club in any capacity going forward, especially given the amount of work I did. But once the Vlaovic and Di Maria rumours started to come out, which I was also across, I thought it would be the right time to mention that personally, as an Italian football fan, let's keep it neutral. Allegri, Juve, for me, doesn't work, hasn't worked. And you've, it's just one of many issues that that club have had for some time. So I thought the time was right to just uh, 
drop that into into the <laughs> Twitter sphere and see what happens. But it, look, it's certainly something which is a, a lot of work still to be done if you you are to get back to to where they once were not too long ago. You mentioned the you know how strange the the last few transfer seasons have been for Juventus, and it just never seemed like there's a been a real direction about it. And now, obviously, with Cristiano Gentoli in the you know in the driver's seat on the sporting side, do you see? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, not expecting anything to happen overnight, but do you see that we might finally be be seeing like more of a? I've said this both in a, uh, an article that's about to go up on the blog, and also I've said this here on the podcast that Gentoli seems like the guy that would build a team, mm-hmm. whereas during the latter phases of Andrea Agnelli's tenure and with uh, as president, the team seemed to be chasing names and branding more mm. than building a team. Do you think that, you know, going into the future with Gentoli in charge, that that's going to be much more the focus in, in the sporting, uh, in the sporting area? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think obviously given what he's recently done at the former club, there's reason to believe that that could be, well, you can't guarantee that's going to be replicated and repeated, but obviously that would be the direction, that would be the intention. And I think that's a massive first step. It sounds very simple, but you are absolutely right, Sam, because that has not been the way that you have been. And I take it back all the way to the 2015 Champions League final because that particularly midfield, but that squad was as good as any squad in world football this century. Very underrated because of the fact, obviously, not winning the Champions League title against the Barca team that perhaps was the best team of of this generation. Now, that team, that squad was incredible. But if you fast forward two years to the Champions League final in Cardiff, there were already issues. The the midfield was, was significantly worse. There were still players who perhaps at that point we were questioning, should they still be in a Juventus shirt? Fast forward six years now, and there are still those same concerns. And you're right, Sam, it's gone in a different direction where they have started to target names. And it's all been about the brand and the club off the pitch and the business. And there's no surprise that that hasn't translated into success on the pitch when they've completely disregarded the the on-the-pitch side of the club. So, yes, perhaps the club went through a nice period where they made some good money, sold a lot of shirts, brought in Ronaldo, brought in big names. But obviously once COVID hit, any small issues that were there became enormous and that was completely out of their hands. So I'm very confident now that they will start to head back in the right direction. But when we start to look at the gap between Juve and the top clubs domestically on the pitch, that's a big gap. When we start to look at the gap between Juve and the foreign clubs on the pitch and then off the pitch, that's a bigger gap. And I have big, big concerns and have had for some time about Italian football in general, not just Juventus, but the direction of the league and where they're at. And again, I, I work in there every week. I, I see the the Serie A officials. I see the discussions. I see what's going on. And I really feel that as Juve were under Agnelli, clubs need to be really forward-thinking and progressive in their own right and take as much control as they can to grow their own brands while maintaining success on the pitch because as a league, as a competition, we still have a lot of things to do, a lot of room to grow, which isn't going to happen overnight. So I'm confident if you can get the on-field right, I'm sure the off-field will continue to grow, but that is much, much easier said than done. From your point of view, what what do you think Juve really needs to kind of focus on to get back into the top four? Because I feel like, you know, obviously 
competing for the title seems a little too much out of reach based on what we've seen the last couple yeah. of years. And just now it's kind of like, you know, maybe not kind of the, the immediate, you know, impact that, uh, that Conte had back, you know, a decade or so ago, but really just kind of taking this step by step rather than obviously the, the quick growth that we saw last time that, you know, a, a big, you know, a very, very smart man, uh, Beppe Morota came in and, and transformed the club in his own right. Yeah, I think there's two sides to to what do they need to do. And one's on the pitch, one's off the pitch. I think off the pitch, just some general patience is required because you're right. It's not anything's possible. Napoli won the Scudetto this season. No one predicted that they would win the Scudetto. Many didn't. You guys did. But many didn't predict that they would even make the top four. I had them, I had them fourth or fifth. So it's not that it's not possible. There's still a decent squad there. There are still great players there. There's still a lot of quality. But patience is required. I I often look back to it, and in the end, they weren't that successful. But I look at the Liverpool model with Jurgen Klopp. That was a slow start. That was a slow burn. Mm -hmm. Liverpool hadn't won a trophy in forever, obviously not a domestic trophy in the Premier League. And there was just, there were whispers early, let's get rid of him because it's not going well. From a Liverpool side, they stuck with him and they reaped the rewards. Now, in the end, if you look back at the Klopp cycle, eight years, he hasn't won that much. But they've certainly built now a foundation that even though they've gone a little bit down, that's sustainable now going forward. And I think Juve as a club, as supporters, need that same level of, of patience and approach. But that comes when the entire club take a step forward. And for me personally, I think that the Allegri situation needs to be resolved because if there are players who are unhappy with what's going on, then clearly something is not right. And so as fans, as pundits, as journalists, can, everyone can say what they want, but if the players are unhappy, then clearly that's a big, big, big problem. It's not doesn't have to always be the coach for the players, but if the club continually recycle players to find the ones that suit Allegri, that's just a, a never-ending cycle where it never gets underway. So I really think that patience factor and those key decisions off the pitch need to be made. One has been made, obviously, in the form of in the form of a, a director who will bring in and I guess bring some balance to the transfer strategy in the direction. One side, other side, certainly on the pitch, they need to reinforce in the areas that have not been reinforced for many years for, for no reason. Again, the, the classic one is at left back with Alexandro, a player who was at top <laughs> level years ago. And there were big offers years ago. And his younger left backs have come and have gone. Obviously, the obvious one in Spinazzola, there was Frabotta, Pellegrini was sent out. There have been so many that have come in. Kostic has now come across as a left-sided player that there's just never been any change. And that's a clear example of many positions over the park that need to be replaced. And again, I, I would have loved this season from Juventus. And I said this many times while covering their matches. I would have loved if Juve and Allegri just played the kids, played the younger players, because similarly this season, the Scudetto was very unlikely. So if they finished sixth or seventh, but flooding minutes into these young players, they would have been much better off going into the new season with or without Allegri than they otherwise are, because now it's a sort of back to square one. Weyer coming in, new players still rumoured to come in, no no new deals just yet, lost Milinkovic. There is still that lack of direction that I feel that hasn't been really solidified as to who are we, what do we want to become, and, and where do we want to take it? And I think until they really rectify the Allegri situation and wholeheartedly commit or wholeheartedly go the other way, Time will tell us to what the next step is for the club. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to remind yourself that it took a lot of injuries for somebody like Nicolò Fagioli to actually get in the starting lineup. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's weird too because you know you talk about Allegri and the the his relationship with the players, and you know Maurizio Sarri lost his job at Juventus basically for the same reason, and he won trophies. Makes no sense. You know, during that year, mm. and and so it just seems to me: is it do do you think it's the financial aspect, or do you think that that Allegri kind of has an ally in somebody like John Elkin, who is a little bit, you know, do you think that that he's got somebody that, like that in his corner that's just thinks that because he did it before, he can do it again? Or or is it another reason why you think that he's he's still around? Because, I mean, I've I've kind of become a meme on the blog in terms of just how Allegri out <laughs> I am. But um, but it it does seem really odd to me that you know now you've got all these reports and there's so much smoke there has to be something there to ab- about Allegri and the players just not having a good relationship when when in the last four years you've you fired a coach for that who had more success on the field so mm. why is he you know why is he even still here it has to be the biggest mystery in in football what what is the story behind the story because you're right you're touching all those different elements the comparison to sari pirlo came in starting to build something won a couple of trophies out it, yeah i don't know i don't think anyone has that answer to that question but you can speculate but look i certainly feel that there are i know how the country operates having lived there now for many years i know exactly how it operates and there's no doubt that there are relations that are too strong to make those decisions. Meaning, yes, you're right in yeah. saying there are some backroom staff who have the right who Allegri has the right relationship with. That they have that trust and respect. And look, I think ultimately in life, people want to work with people that they trust and respect. I think that's just that's just life in general. And and in Italy, the trust and respect factor is as high as I've ever experienced anywhere in the world. And if if I've got that rapport with you, then we'll stay together till the very end. And that's certainly could be a factor. The financial factor, I've never bought into that. I read those reports. I've heard it said. I've heard it. I don't I don't believe that for one second because we have to pay manager $9 million per season to, to sack him, then we won't do that because, well, it's a club that already financially aren't in the perfect situation. Sometimes you need to, you need to cut your losses and move forward and maybe paying Allegri out a year ago, which would have been what twenty-seven million if they paid him out for mm-hmm. three seasons, means you can't buy that next player. But as I said previously, for me, the UV next gen, the UV youth setup, there are some very, very strong young talents coming through. Well, if it means you have to suck it up and play one extra younger player in your first team squad next season, you know what? That player will be much better for it come the following season. And if it means you drop a few more points on the pitch, well, hey. It can't get worse than dropping points to Monza, Salernitana, losing in Israel in a single season. So with all respect to, to the opponents, with all respect to everyone that's involved, there has to be more to this story than, than the public do know that that's a guarantee. But again, that's why I feel the club as a whole. So there may be a, a, a portion that believe Allegri's the man, a portion that not. The, the club needs to move as one, and that's what they were doing in the successful years under Agnelli, no doubt about that, with Marotta there. Even in the Conte-Allegri transition, there was still that, that unity, and the club continued to push forward towards the same goal. At the moment, I just do not see that inside or out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We'll ask you a couple more questions here before we get to a little Women's World Cup talk. I guess the, the last question for me is, you know, we've, we've kind of wondered from afar what kind of the hit to Juve's reputation was with the uh, the number of investigations going on in Italy. And since you've had boots on the ground in Italy. I'm wondering what it has been like kind of from somebody who's seen it kind of play out in full rather than us just kind of relying on different media outlets and, and kind of just the general, you know, I guess, TV broadcast kind of feeding us, you know, probably a, a small portion of information that probably somebody who's been in Italy, like you have uh, yeah. over these last few months and and year or so has, has seen kind of play out in person. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously there is look Italian football fans, especially in Italy, are as passionate for anything as you see. So, unfortunately, given given history, the the second that you see Juventus and allegations, the the real the, the voices that are heard are the anti Juve voices, and they're not always the ones that are the most neutral, the most balanced. Clearly not. So that that from a from a public voice is what you tend to hear. Oh, it's again Juventus, but. I look at it from a much deeper level and I look at it from the the level, the integrity of the league. And this is, again, for me, covering the competition and talking about before where the league is at and where the clubs are at. These allegations that come, we do nothing as a league, as a competition to protect our own. And Juventus are our own. The, Na- the Napoletani, the Napoli fans may not like the, the Juve fans, but we are under the same flag. We play in the same competition. We play in the same country. And ultimately what people in Italy don't really understand, and this is where I have big issues with where the league is at, is they don't understand that we don't need to cater to just the 60 million Italians that live in Italy. We need to cater to the world. The 300 plus million in the US who may all fall in love with with this, with this league, the 25 million here in Australia, all over the world. And the Juve messed this season of deducting points and giving them back and deducting, and in the end they were cleared, is just a, a shambles and it's a terrible look for our competition, which for me goes beyond, well, what do the people think of the allegations now? It goes to the future where the next wave of young players coming through they no longer dream of playing for Juve, Milan, Inter, Napoli, these big famous Italian clubs. They dream of playing for Chelsea, Manchester City, Paris Saint-Germain, these clubs which are the, the new kids on the block with money. They'll soon dream of playing for Newcastle. They may even soon dream of playing in Saudi. I, I don't know. <laughs> but for me, this this is the problem at the moment with, with where it's at. And when we talk about allegations specifically, Manchester City, 100-plus allegations over 10 years, and that's just, well, it's not gone away, but it's nowhere near as 
as much at the forefront of, of international football media than you ever have been all season. And that is, again, driven by the fact that the Premier League, love them or not, what they do very well is they protect their product because they know that if their product takes a knock, they take a knock and they're all in it together. And the Italians do not understand that from, from any aspect. And as a result, we again, I mentioned you're not moving forward as one. The league are not moving forward as one. And ultimately, that's why you've seen our reports of TV rights deals going unsold in foreign markets, TV rights, the, the, even the money domestically not being what it once was because the interest, the eyeballs aren't there as they once were. And so for me, it's a it's a big issue. And certainly on the Juve side of things, it should have been dealt with in-house, privately. And once they were 100% clear of the outcome, then proceed. But not make up decisions just to penalise Juve here and there, which I'll give Allegri this. Ultimately, in those periods, when the points were deducted and they came back, he did a great job in terms of managing personnel in the club. And I, I was told from, from very important people at the club that he played a really important role in keeping the club stable on the pitch in what was, as you could imagine, a terribly difficult time. So one last last uh, Juve-related question before we hit the... So the, in this last week, we've had the the reports that Leonardo Bonucci is is not going to be part of the, the plan anymore, which obviously I have a I have an odd like for figuring out where the captain's armband will start going and how the hierarchy will, will fall out. And obviously, so with if, you know, with Bonucci, probably not playing much if at all if he doesn't you know all the rumors that he's going to try to stick it out and change everybody's mind i don't know how he's going to do that because father times hit him upside the head with a stick but you know you you obviously look like you've got danilo now as as your full-time captain uh mm -hmm. and he he certainly looked uh he certainly looked the part to me a lot last year when he had the armband so my my question is ever since you know you had the the real you know the senatori of the of the streak the guys like Buffon the guys like Chiellini Barzali you know Bonucci is now the last one that's really gone you know a lot of people that I I know that I talk with uh you know back in the old bar uh <laughs> talk a lot about the what they think is a is a leadership gap in mm -hmm. the absence of those guys on the field do, do you think Danilo kind of is is really stepping up to fill that? Do you think that other younger guys are going to be stepping uh, up to fill that as as time goes on? What do you think might be the uh, the state of that on field leadership? Apart, you mm. you talked a little. You just said you know that Allegri was being credited with a lot of that leadership from mm. the sideline. What do you think of the state is is the state of that on the field leadership? Do you think that you know some of the younger guys like Fajoli can really take steps into that? Those, those roles as well. And and obviously Danilo now almost certainly yeah. having the armband for this season. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's something that I, yeah, I'm intrigued by as well, how they have handled it and how they will. And I think that lack of leader at the club is also, well, that's been a negative that's come about as, as a result of their poor transfer dealings. No doubt about that because it was a club again, six years ago, we go back to those champions league finals. It was a club that had leaders all over the park. 2015, I think any one of those players could have been a captain of Juventus, even a, even a Tevez who was only there for a couple of years. But these players had that leadership qualities about them. I think the the squad that has been put together in the last four or five years, there just haven't been any of them. And, and that's why Danilo, and he's a player who I've been very lucky to work with on a number of occasions, he is just a, a very committed, loyal great guy who loves the club 
And I think that that whole loving Juventus and what it means, you know how many times players have spoken about going to Juventus and their careers have been reborn and they've really they've learned something new even at a late age. I remember Patrice Evra saying that he felt his career was done at, at Manchester United, went to Juventus and just rediscovered a whole new love for the game and a whole new passion. And there is something special about Juventus, which hopefully is still there despite the issues in recent years. And I think if I look at the squad, Danilo is that one who has been there long enough to have worked with the the Bonucci's, the Chiellini's, those real long-term experienced players who who know that, who potentially could keep that alive and and ensure that new players, younger players coming to the club still understand what it means to wear the shirt. So I'm certainly in favour of Danilo, also a bit of personal bias because I do get along with him very well. But I would not be against, with all respect and love for Danilo, I wouldn't be against Juve being bold and putting that armband on a Federico Chiesa and saying, you are this club for the next decade. You are one of the world's best. You are us. You are Juventus. And and really making a bold statement like that. Obviously, it, Juventus and Italians always a strong relationship. No, no surprise. And that could be the trigger to really get this Italian call back at Juventus, which we know has been so so important long term for the club. So, look, ultimately it will go to Danilo. I'm, I'm sure of that. I think it's, it's the right decision. But I think the club need to be aware of the fact that there aren't too many others like this player that really understand what it means to wear the shirt, which I think was, well, that was never an issue when Buffon, Barzali, Chiellini, Bonucci and the rest were all running around a few years ago. Buffon's still running around, by the way. He's never going to stop running around. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll switch over to the Women's World Cup for a couple of quick questions. Obviously, Easy. Italy this year coming off a, a disappointing showing at the Euros. Uh, I think that's safe to say. Mm. And, and, you know, you look at four years ago, it's kind of surpassing pretty what I feel like is pretty much everybody's expectations of getting out of the group. So now with a, a very different looking kind of squad, a, probably a, mu- a much younger squad with uh, noticeable names not called up, kind of how how are you looking at this Italy squad knowing that you know, there there might not be as many relatively household names, but a lot of kind of younger, exciting names mm. that are uh, not only looked at as the future, but also obviously being looked at to uh, to contribute this year and and basically make a name for themselves on on the international stage. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Obviously, a couple of the the well, I guess the the key longer term names of the club that have been there of the nation that have been there for some time aren't present through injury and through omission. But I'm excited for for the women. I've covered a lot of the women, obviously, given my affiliation with um, Joe Montemuro, who, again, is a he lives 10 minutes from me in Melbourne. Obviously, now we live in Torino and Milan. So, yeah, I catch up with him quite a lot, and I've covered a lot of his matches. I go there to support a lot of his matches as well. And the development and progression has been unbelievable, really, really unbelievable, and especially in the new wave of players coming through. So, look, I'm not, I'm not against... I'm not against focusing a bit more on youth. I think Italy have the youngest player in the tournament who I don't think she's played a minute for Barcelona, but she's 15 and born in 2006 or maybe 16. And amazing quality coming through. And this is what really excites me because at the end of the day, we're a football nation. We're going to produce players. We just need the, well, we just need the facilities to produce and, and get these girls involved. And that is happening. And that's been really, I've really loved covering women's football in the limited capacity that I have in recent years because of that exact fact. There is progression development every week. And again, the technical ability of the younger girls, I find is 
much higher at that age than it was for for the older players. And they even speak about it themselves. Again, I've done a lot of work with a lot of the Juventus women players as well and formed a nice relationship with um, Ginelli, who's probably the most important player for Italy in the tournament. And, and she speaks so much and so openly about the fact that, you know, she's been very blessed and had a very nice career and whatnot, but she she's jealous of the young girls coming through now because they're able to to have opportunities to develop that she never had. Yeah. And she loves the idea of playing the role that she played in in progressing and advancing the women's game in Italy. But now it's this next wave which will really reap the rewards. And, look, just like we discussed with Juventus and the leadership, Italy have a lot of experienced leaders in there and they will do wonders for this new crop coming through. So, look, I'm excited for them. They need to improve. There's no doubt about that. They need to improve from the Euros because Italy were the most disappointing nation at the Euros uh, last summer. This time around, the group is really interesting. And look, they come up against Sweden, who are one of the, the powers in women's football. It'll be very tough. But the other two nations, Argentina and South Africa, Italy should be beating. And there there should be the pressure placed on them by, by themselves, but by media alike. This is what needs to change. Now. The narrative around the women needs to become a lot more serious back in Italy. Not that it's for fun that they're playing, that they need to be held to the same standards as the men are held to, because that way they will they will improve. And they they absolutely will. They they welcome that pressure. And I think that they have what it takes to get through. I'm not sure if you've seen the draw. If they do get through, I predict they'll go through in second behind Sweden. Yeah, they go they go right into the teeth of the USWNT if they do that. And that's the that, <laughs> that's the problem. So look, they the the girls I the girls I did some work with before the World Cup all told me that their dream is to come to Australia, and they weren't look they weren't gutted. It's a World Cup, but they've been drawn in New Zealand. So. The only way they come to visit Australia is if they get out of that group. So that's a little extra prize for them at the end. New Zealand, a beautiful place, but they want to come here. If they win the group, they will come to my city in Melbourne and they'll play the runner-up in the USA-Netherlands group. If they finish second in the group, they'll go to Sydney and they'll very likely play the USA, which could be tough, but again, who knows what happens. Just before you jump in, Sam, I just got a follow-up question. Do you do you know if uh, Joe's going home to uh, to check out his girls play? I know exactly where Joe is right now. He, <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> no, he's actually working with me on the World Cup. So oh, he's fantastic. doing some, yeah. So the, the Australian official host broadcaster who I'm working with uh, have, have engaged with him as well. So he's doing a lot of work in studio, in our studio in Sydney. And then he'll be traveling with me and doing a few games on the road as well. So he's, uh, yeah, look, he's very keen. He's, Obviously, he would have loved if the Italian girls were here because he would have been able to get to some of their matches. But obviously, if they get through, he'll be he'll be here and yeah, looking forward to it. But then he's straight back into preseason. He misses, I think, the semis and the final. He has to get back because the preseason begins, so it doesn't stop. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so like, like you said, with the way the draw shakes out, either presumptive opponent for Italy, it should they progress out of the group as a tough ask in the round of 16. Obviously, the USWNT is is a powerhouse. And and the Netherlands are the ones that knocked Italy out of the World Cup in the quarterfinals four years ago. So right. they, and they're just a bit more of more advanced as a footballing nation for women than Italy are. So is round of 16 base your baseline standards mm-hmm. for success in this tournament, given what is lying in wait for them after the group should they get out of it? Realistically, yes. Look, I, I think if it wasn't so difficult, that USA-Netherlands group is is one of the, the tougher groups to have drawn. So you can't do much about that. But I think definitely given what happened at the Euros last summer, getting out of the group is, is, the, is the bare minimum. That is the requirement. And let's see what happens after that. I think it's really difficult to put too much. I said pressure is welcome, but have to be realistic and where Italy are at compared to obviously the US, but also Netherlands where they're at. I think that's a bare minimum. However, the Netherlands are not at full strength. So if Italy can win the group and and can knock off Sweden, who knows? Netherlands are without a couple of very important players in attack, particularly Vivian Miedema, who plays for Arsenal, scores a lot of goals. That's going to be a blow to them. So look, Anything is possible, but I don't think it would be possible against the U.S. So we can't say that the quarterfinal should be the, the the objective because it's going to be very, very difficult. But getting through the group will be a big tick for this squad after what happened at the Euros in England 12 months ago. I guess on a, a quick way to uh, get out of here, obviously, you know, you mentioned Christiana Girelli and she's, you know, the number 10. She's, I'm guessing she she might be one of the options to to captain this team, knowing that uh, Saragama is not around, but... Mm. Who are kind of a couple of the players that you're looking at as ones to really take notice and pay attention to on the on the Italy squad? I mean, as Sam knows, I kind of I'm the one driving the Ariana Caruso bandwagon on the blog and, and all that. So um, mm. you know, who, I'm, who, I'm, who, I'm a say guy. There you That's... go. So uh, who who are you looking towards that really kind of basically say like here, you know, first time at the World Cup, this is this is what I'm capable of. Firstly, I, I'm a big fan of both players. I think they're they're great quality. Girelli, I think she will wear the captain's armband. Uh, I, I'm very confident. Gamma, obviously, out. Rosucci is out with the with the knee. She she injured a few months back, which is obviously very sad. Was very likely her last World Cup. So, look, there's there is that experience there. The the player who I I really really enjoy, and it's another Juventus player, but I really like Boatin. Boatin mm-hmm. is a player who I just I just think is just can do a bit of everything. A really strong player, really confident player, and yeah, I just really enjoy watching her play. So that's a player for me that I'm I'm keeping a close eye on, always at club level now at the national team. But look, I think Girelli is Girelli. Yes, she she's the she's the name. She's a player though who is uh, just she brings to the table everything that you want in a leader, everything that you want in an experienced campaigner. She's a great person, and I'm really, having been lucky to sit down with her on a few occasions in the last few months, I just really want the best for her in this tournament. There, There is a – she's just such a great, humble individual that 
And as I mentioned, that she shared with me really that that really personal story about yeah, she it is tough to deal with the fact that they put in all this work for so many years, and now they're reaping the rewards. But as they're into their thirties, obviously it's the it's the new generation who are really going to enjoy the the results of their hard work. I just really hope that for her sake, that this tournament ends much better than it was 12 months ago because there was so much more positivity, especially back in Italy 12 months ago coming into those Euros because the, there was just there was just more, more momentum going in. There was obviously it being in Europe, there was a lot more, there was a lot more coverage around their matches in the lead-up. This time around, it's a bit different. I'm sure you've seen, but there were the rights had gone unsold in a lot of the major European countries, Italy being one of those, and Ray have picked it up now at the last minute, which is not a surprise, but obviously that means there wasn't as much build-up about the tournament. And I really just hope for, for her sake that this is a, a tournament to remember. And after what was a tougher domestic season with Juventus, obviously with Roma winning the championship, I really hope that things start very well for them in that opening game, which will be a classic against Argentina. I'm really looking forward to it. Right on. We are as well. So uh, that shall do it for this week. Adriano, we appreciate you giving us more time than we originally planned for. So that just shows you no what problem, kind of guys. what kind of dude you are. We always appreciate appreciate people like you coming by. And uh, hopefully this is uh, the first of uh, a few visits by the podcast. Um, obviously, Sam Sam will do, I'm sure, his best to uh, to stay <laughs> in contact with you and, and check nice in with us. you. But uh, we wish you the best during the Women's World Cup. I'm sure you're going to be a busy, busy guy, but you're probably a lot like me who will enjoy the busyness that comes with with the work so that is it for this week folks as always if you want to listen to us feel free to do so on your favorite podcasting platform whether it is apple Podcasts, spotify or google Podcasts. subscribe there listen there all that good stuff so for sam for adriano for our other guys sergio chucks and producer couch this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week